Okay, so welcome to Frequency Leaders Podcast. I am so excited to share this amazing guest that we have today. Uh, but before we get into that, this is the podcast where you get to come and listen and receive and allow downloads to support you on your entrepreneurial journey, on your business coaching journey, on any kind of mentorship that you may be doing in the world, sharing your gifts, sharing your wisdom, sharing your talent. And this is for you if you're looking to create aligned success and make a bigger impact in the world. So with that being said, I'm so excited to connect with my soul brother, legend, Mr. <laughs> Oren Harris. And as many people know him as O, magic. He is an incredible mastery mentor. We had met in Tulum at one of our friend Gerard Adams's retreat. He was actually mentoring Gerard at the time. He is an absolute creative genius and flow state expert and really helps people to actualize their potential. And I really wanted to bring O on because he's always able to bring a lot of powerful leaders back to the heart space and to the wisdom of the eternal now. And there's a way that he's able to articulate wisdom that gives me personally a very accurate picture of, of ethereal, sometimes complex topics. And he's able to streamline it into a very simple, comprehensive way. And it's such a gift that he has to bring the ethereal into the physical understanding of how we can become better, how we can move into more infinite business and service. So I'm so honored to have you here, brother. Thank you mm. so much for investing your time with us here. And I just wanted to open up this conversation by just saying it's great to see you. It's great to Likewise. Like just be with you again. I feel so connected to you every time that we talk. <laughs> And uh, I just wanted to ask you some questions just around like really refining one's zone of genius. And I feel that there's a lot of seeming pressure on the collective to alchemize and ascend. And mm -hmm. so just based on your experience, I'd love to know what you'd like to share just first off as we talk and we flow in terms of what you've observed about the issues that people are facing, uh, but especially leaders in regards to really owning their lane and their, in their path mm. um, and, and really becoming that unique star in their life and their business. Mm. So if you want to talk about that, we can just start with that, if that works. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for having me. I appreciate it. It's good to be with you again as well. And uh, I was smiling because I remember doing the uh, the rap cipher with you. I don't know if your audience knows that in addition to your leadership and your incredible business skills and vision that you uh, you got some bars too. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so many things stand out to me in your question. And one of the things that I feel like is really potent right now 
on this planet, just for the planet in general, but definitely for leaders is, you know, we're, we're living and existing in a transparent field of consciousness. Obviously we're tuned to different levels of consciousness. So we might not always uh, experience that, the fact that we're all connected, right? And the fact that we're, we are transmitting and communicating on different levels of consciousness always. And the reason I'm bringing this up for leadership is because there's certain qualities and aspects of leadership that are not commonly taught, but that I think are becoming more and more essential, like, you know, beginning with emotional intelligence, right? And I would say even energetic intelligence, you know, whether we're leading a team, leading a company, um, one of the places that leadership is expanding is through the heart, right? And being and having a deeper connection with our internal world and coming into a state of deeper love and empowerment within ourselves and thus being able to offer that uh, and hold that type of space and be a leader in these other dimensions. Um, so that's one thing that stands out to me right now. And when you mentioned the word genius and refining genius, uh, genius is also interesting too, because we've got skills, we've got talent, which you could say is like a more innate natural type of skill. And you can like continually build skills. You can continually build our knowledge. And when we apply knowledge, we get experience and then it turns to wisdom. So it's like, we've got skills, knowledge, talent, wisdom, all of these things that can be cultivated and built. And then there's genius, right? And it's not that genius, genius is not something that's separate from us, but it is its own channel and the channel of genius is more of a channel of receptivity and when i think about like pure genius i actually think about god source the infinite and it's our receptivity and our attunement to the channel of genius itself is also its own lane of expansion development and refinement mm. and so um that feels very relevant right now because the amount of transformation that's happening inside us and around us and on this planet is cracking us open um, in ways that's also, if we're allowing that process to happen, getting us more in touch with our own, our soul's unique genius and genius itself or infinite intelligence. And that's a huge part of our potential, our potential and our capacity to live, to give, to create, to lead, to serve it's a huge part of our resource our genius that is more intangible it's more maybe invisible but it it compromises if you add that together with our skills and our talent and our wisdom and our abilities um that to me is a, a more comprehensive picture of our potential and so we really don't approach this idea of living our highest potential until we get beyond ourself because it's when we get beyond the borders of the construct or like the finite self all the things that we can observe um that's where our divine potential opens up or that's where we open up to the infinite so that that was a mouthful but it, it kind of paints a picture for development as a leader and development in terms of our uh of our of our genius and being able to partner 
and utilize all of our resources, not just mm. the known, the known visible finite resources, but the, you know, the unknown, but uh, the invisible resources that we're not actually separate from. And that mm. to me, that that's where we also start to kind of look through the lens of awakening, right? Awakening to our true self, you know, awakening to that which exists beyond the story of self, whatever that self is, the true self, right? Is such a huge part of our leadership and our potential. And that that's really where, where I, what I'm getting at is that that is more potent than ever before. And some people are consciously seeking that and others are just being forged in the fire of transformation and it's opening us to more of the rest of us wow so powerful and so what are what was a moment in your life where you started to really access more effectively and maybe even more consistently this ability to like step outside of like the story of the past or the physical the physicality limits, right? The limits of our physicality in the three-dimensional realm. Like, mm -hmm. was there a moment where it really struck you um, where you, you just, you start to experience life in a more exciting, novel way where you were able to access states of consciousness that mm -hmm. transcended what you had previously experienced? Um, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just curious to know if, if you were around someone who like displayed that or if you just kind of went through like a, a rebirth? Yeah, my, I, a bit of everything, but I would say that life has been my greatest teacher. Um, and, and by life, I just mean my relationships, my experience of life and my willingness to meet life with courage and, mm -hmm. and, and continue to lean into the difficulty and the challenge and the uncomfortability and the passion and the inspiration of life. Life has been my greatest teacher. Love has been also one of my greatest teachers. And, you know, when I think about like consciousness and many of the things that I was talking about and even genius, it's interesting because uh, my, my path has kind of gone in two different I guess two different portals. One of them is the conscious seeking and development of things that I'm mentioning, like genius, leadership, and flow. And that's so it's like the conscious exploration. And then there's been many other things like my dojo and training with love, where I wasn't seeking the things that it bought me. Right. And so in in my journey, which is ongoing, by the way, but with self-love. Um, that occurred to me more like that, like the, the inspiration to move deeper into love came as a result of, uh, challenge and also realizing that people pleasing was like the way it first occurred to me, I was like, wow, people pleasing is like a disease. It's like an airborne virus and almost everybody has it. And it's so normalized. And by people pleasing, by the way, let me be specific. I don't mean being caring, loving, harmonious, cooperative, collaborative. I mean, people pleasing, presenting an image or acting a certain way or not acting a certain way, a deviation from our true self in order to try to connect and to order to try to be in harmony. 
um, I realized that people pleasing was an unwinnable game and that at people pleasing was a way of not loving myself. This was one of the first big awarenesses that I had that then had me uh, opt out of people pleasing and see like what is beyond people pleasing. And so then I started consciously pursuing loving myself and loving all parts of myself and loving aspects of myself. And then um, my relationships, as with most people, were the greatest catalyst for that because relationships are such a mirror. And so what I'm saying in that is that my attention was on loving myself, which is like the, the, like, like the, the kingdom, right? The inner kingdom, right? I started discovering like how profound self-love was. And then all of these other things that came as a result of that were more like a surprise, like more attunement to my soul and therefore attunement to my genius and like kind of like remembering who I am in my own lane. Love was the initial catalyst for me really seeing that. <clears throat> and then I'd started, I'd experienced, um, you know, being in the zone or being in the flow. And then I started correlating that with love. But so love is one main answer and also uh, a really, really, really challenging time in relationship where I was, I, I, I'm going to give a cliff notes version of this, but I want to capture the heart of it, mm. right? I was in love with a woman many years ago and like a type of woman that I would spend my life with and her family was essentially racist right? They wouldn't, they didn't even know about us. And we were getting to the point that we were going to share it with them, no matter how challenging it would be to share our relationship with them, because we were in love. Yes. And her dad passed away. And it was incredibly difficult. They had a super tight knit family. And so there was, that was catastrophic, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so then we didn't say, hey, you know, I want to tell you about our relationship, right? And so that started creating a lot of stress. It started creating stress in our relationship. And then we wound up, she wound up getting pregnant and was mortified at the thought of having a child and sharing that with her family who wouldn't approve of our relationship, especially when her dad just passed away. So it was like a cascade of really intense catastrophic events was a catalyst for a spontaneous awakening that I was not seeking at the time. Wow. And the way I would describe the awakening is very much like the realization, almost like gaining a, a different, different vantage point of like, there's this character called me in my mind. And then there's me, there's something that exists beyond it. So I, my sense of self became much more transparent to myself by gaining this viewpoint. And then I became incredibly curious and receptive to like, like what, what, what is, what is that? How am I suddenly seeing my relationship and myself in it? And, you know, with such pristine clarity, I could see the truth so much more clearly. And that was a kind of awakening. And I'm, I'm connecting this to your original question because within that 
awakening, that's one of the, the, the things that really expanded my consciousness beyond this idea of self and all of my beliefs, like all of my beliefs became very transparent to me um, that were in my consciousness. And so a lot came out of that, just like a lot came from love. <laughs> and those are two, if you think about like critical moments, those are two very critical foundational periods of my life that many of the things that I'm living and exploring and teaching came as a byproduct of that. Along with then, as I started re like having revelation and insight and wisdom and exploring that and, and kind of running with it, then I also more so mixed in like other teachers and mentors and books and seeking knowledge. But so much knowledge came to me directly through my own consciousness from source, from my own soul. Um, and I think that now that I have a blend of like knowledge and wisdom and, and, and just like awakening, it's probably, I never thought about this, one of the reasons why I can articulate things that are difficult to articulate with, with, with precision is because it's so in my being, it's, it's so clear inside me. And plus, I think that's just one of my gifts that I've been giving is given is communication. Absolutely. So that was, a, that was a lot, but that was like a super yes. high, high level, but deep <laughs> cliff, cliff yes. answer to your, your question. Whoa. Okay. We just unraveled <laughs> so much. And, and so just, first of all, thank you so much for just opening yourself up to the world and sharing that. Cause I had no idea that that was um, an experience that you had had gone through and, and obviously came out on top just in terms of a higher level of, of being. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for the listeners out there who are going to be listening to this, what, what would be, or like, what's an example of maybe a tool that, you know, people can say, Hey, you know what, like, that's an incredible lesson in and of itself of what you had learned through that. The wisdom was really potent, but what's like a way that people can kind of connect that to, you know, their relationship to their, their emotion, their sense of self, mm -hmm. their, their mind, their, their mission, you know, their, their purpose here, their, their business, like what's a tool that you can share with us that people can leverage to not necessarily avoid something like that because life tends to respond to our frequency at any given moment, but it also will teach us, right? Like through pain. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to know if there's like a tool that you've either walked yourself through, or maybe you walked clients through to, mm -hmm. to evoke that, that, as you said, genius from that, well, from, from a, some kind of challenge that maybe they're going through. Well, whether, whether it's a quote unquote, big challenge or a small challenge, like that's just describing the experience of human emotion. It's, it's not, I'm sure there's, there's practical, like you could say, wow, that was a really big impact. Right. And I'm saying that to say that anyone can use a big challenge or a small challenge and meet it with courage and extract or be the recipient of the benefit of the insight and the expansion that comes from your willingness to meet the pain 
which really at the core is the willingness to meet the emotion. You know, I've said before, all fear is a fear of feeling. You could say, well, I'm afraid of breaking my arm or losing my money or my company going out of business. But if you really trace it down, it comes down to feeling like the thing that we're actually that like when we say something's challenging or difficult, we're describing a scenario, but we, we can only experience a scenario inside of us. And so it always comes down to a feeling. And that's what we're wrestling with. When we're wrestling with life, we're always wrestling with a feeling. Now you could say, no, I'm literally wrestling with someone physically. Okay, put that aside. But still, even that, where it, it's, it's feeling, right? And then it's mind and like the thoughts that are populating our mind, like this is what really creates the challenge. And so for me, the story that I shared of this compounding difficulty, um, which by the way, I, did, I don't have any kids. So we had an abortion and that, that well, she, she chose to have an abortion. She was like, right. no way we're having a child. Right. And so that, that added another layer of intensity and like mm -hmm. deep depression and like, totally. anyway. Um, so what I'm saying is, is that for me, the magnitude of that cracked me open. Mm -hmm. And if you want to approach this consciously and proactively, then when life cracks us open, whether it's big, intense emotional experience or something that's just kind of like frustrating or mildly challenging, our relationship and how we respond to challenge is huge. And we will get invited we're always being invited into the truth. We're always being invited to be present to our internal world. Mm. And the more we're willing to accept, to love, to be present in, to give our attention to our internal world, instead of avoiding it, right? Making it the enemy, trying to manage it, control it, repress it. Anything we try to control essentially controls us. And we, we, and, and so what I'm saying is, is that we have times in our life where we're forced into looking inside or being with a feeling. And yeah. then there's the other path, which is I'm going to choose to move into this. I'm going to choose to move into the uncomfortability of this. And, and this is what then liberates our consciousness and our energy, because we're not using our power to suppress or to repress or to avoid that actually takes power and it actually crowds the the conduit of our genius i'm just connecting this back to some of the things that you mentioned and so one of the things that blocks the channel of our genius is that we are managing our internal state which is not always bad by the way like if you're in a situation or you're in, you're in the right situation then it could be good to control your emotions but if we habitually start controlling our emotions it actually short circuits our connection to our genius. I'll give you a, a clear example. Ah, yes. I had a CEO one time um, who called me up kind of like, you know, emergency 911 type situation. It was during COVID and his company was under attack. His, his team was just like in a frenzy and he was just like really trying to problem solve at a high level, but was managing high, high levels of stress and doing the best that he can. And so he was like having a meltdown, but he couldn't 
afford to be having a meltdown. So he's just powering through it. Anyway, we got on the call, connected with him. He shared with me, this is what's going on, having huge challenge in my business, and I'd love your help. So he's trying to problem solve, right? He's got specific objectives. And then I asked him, I said, how, how are you feeling? Which he was like, well, I'm, I'm, I like, I'm, I'm frustrated. He's like, I'm frustrated because that, that, that. And he kept telling me about the problem. And I said, well, put aside the problem for a moment and just share with me how you feel, right? He said, well, I'm frustrated. And so instead of saying I'm frustrated and getting back into why he's frustrated in the story, mm. he started actually feeling the frustration more. Mm. Well, there's an important subtlety there because to him, he's like, I'm already feeling frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, but you're feeling frustrated and all of your attention is going on trying to problem solve. I put that down for a moment. So as soon as he did, and he just unconditionally felt frustration more, the energy started moving even more because now he's not controlling the frustration while he's feeling it. So it actually amplified. And then that, that and then it, it kind of settled a little bit. And then another layer of emotion came up, you know, and I asked him again, how, how does he, how does he feel? And he said, well, I feel defeated. You see, and the honesty of not even just saying it, but actually letting yourself feel defeated for a moment without trying to control. And this happens in the subconscious often, right? You yeah. can, it, it's conscious if you're thinking about it, but it, it's unconscious if you're just managing it because you're afraid of feeling the vibration, the actual emotional state of defeat. And when you're afraid of that, you're going to use some of your power and your resources to make sure you don't feel that. But when you're using your power and your resources to not feel something, guess what else you're blocking out? Your genius, the fullness of your genius. It's not, it's not like you can't still be smart, but you've literally taken your channel of genius and you've reduced it into a small box. And so as powerful and ambitious and you think you're grinding with so much effort towards problem solving or creating, but you're using a fraction of your resources because your resources are being used consciously or unconsciously to not feel even for a second that you actually feel defeated because, and I'm saying a lot here, but I, I think I'm pinpointing it here yeah. pretty nicely. I'm, I'm following your, because yeah. well, one of the things that happens when you're in a fight or flight state like that is the identity of a CEO, not the pure divine capability of a CEO, somebody who is, you know, uh, whatever has, has a certain skill set and is resourceful. Like these are the pure qualities, right? Mm. The identity of the CEO is basically saying, I am worthy because of my ability. And which means the duality of that is when I'm not capable, I'm not as worthy. So Back to the story, uh, when, he, when he said he felt defeat, and I, and I said, you know why? He said, I don't know what to do. And then I said, I said, how do you feel about not knowing what to do? He's like, I'm frustrated. I said, no, no, no. How do you feel about the fact that you don't know what to do? I emphasized it in a way that he could internalize it the way that he was already internalizing it. Right which then brought the next layer of emotion, which was shame. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Which traced down to, right, his his probably his childhood of getting love and approval when he's succeeding and feeling unworthy or getting punished even when he's not succeeding. And so now this, this success and failure, which is what he was contending with in his business of like, I'm trying to succeed at something and I'm dealing with failure. His capacity to deal with failure is being significantly limited by the shame. And he didn't even know there was any shame in there at all. So, and I'm fast forwarding through this process, but I think it's easy to follow along here. So then I was being with him in the shame, which just the simplicity of feeling something unconditionally for a moment and witnessing it and giving your presence to like, I, I feel ashamed. Without going, I feel ashamed, let me get back to solving the problem, right? Just like, and being in that space and being a space of unconditional love with him and saying, you know, like, it's okay that you feel ashamed. It's okay. Again, it like relaxed him again, even though it was intense feeling because he wasn't resisting it, it wasn't as intense. And so then it started to soften again. And as he's softening, it's freeing up his resources. His consciousness is expanding unbeknownst to him at the time, right? Because he's in this uncomfortable feeling. But then it's like, so we went, like I said, we went from frustration to defeat to shame. And then that. So good. So good. This was like maybe (laughs) seven minutes. And then. Guess what happened? Surprise to him. This was like seven minutes, maybe, but it was timeless because we weren't in time. Like trying to get there, trying to get there, trying to get past the emotion, mm, trying to figure out, yes, figure yes. out how do I feel it? What, what now? What's going to happen? These are all the things that create more tension, more control too. Our control, it, exactly. That's what it is. It's control. So then after being with the shame for a moment and just witnessing it and just like being like, I even relating, like, I, I see you. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you that you feel ashamed. So now we're not shaming shame anyway. Then all of a sudden, because his consciousness expanded, he freed up all this life force that was in the background that he was using unconsciously while he's trying to succeed and be a good leader. He's using all of this resource and bandwidth to also not just to go towards his goal, but to not feel defeat, to not feel shame. Anyway, the energy freed up and then a revelation came to him, an insight came to him to solve the problem he'd been trying to solve for probably two months. And this happened in 10 minutes, two months, 10 minutes, two months, 10 minutes. And, and then as, as the insight is filling him up, his gene, the genius, you see what I'm saying? Because the genius yes, is coming yes. is coming from beyond the self. The self is the CEO. Uh, like I am power. I'm a powerful CEO, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's the 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 when we got beyond the self, meaning the more false layers of the identity that are mm. rooted in like protection of like, you know, I this makes me valuable. I'm right. That's what I mean by getting beyond the self. That's when the genius came in, and we're. And once he received it, he literally, like, not only did his emotional state shift, but his physiology, 
his aura, his energy field, everything, light started pouring into him as genius and as power. And then mm. after I let him just dwell in that for a moment. And then I asked him to help his brain understand what just happened to kind of reinforce the value of feeling. I said, where do you think that idea came from? And why do you think you didn't think of that before? You were giving your best go to try to figure try to figure it out like why do you think where do you think that came from and he got it he realized that he freed up his consciousness by being willing to feel defeat by willing to admit and feel you know what i don't know forget i should know which is judgment i just i don't know what to do right now as a leader i don't know what to do and that's yeah. such a that's a, such a counterintuitive thing for a lot of leaders or for the ego part of our leadership because it's associated with weakness when actually in this context it's a strength because it's true it's like you don't know what to do stop let let go of the i should know what to do part because it's actually mm -hmm. slowing you down it's stopping you mm -hmm. so that's where the genius came through and he solved a very, very complex and difficult challenge in a matter of minutes. And so mm -hmm. that two months that he was trying to solve it, using all of his knowledge and his ability and his know-how and his wisdom, who knows? I'm just making up a number just for sake of the example here. Maybe he was using 40% of his power to avoid feeling defeat for one moment, actually feeling it, not, not because he was already feeling defeated. I mean, actually being present in uh -huh. defeat, uh -huh. actually being present in shame for a moment. Yes. That's okay. yes. Yeah. I follow. Yeah. I follow. And there's just, there's several things that, that just brings up for me of what I've observed about myself and also clients that I've worked with and just people in general is that number one, the thing about mental intelligence and control and, and like hard work is that it works, right? Like it actually, <laughs> it actually works yeah. results. And the second follow-up to that point is that clearly he was in a, he had basically earned his way to a, a, a new entrance to a new paradigm, which you were able to obviously first hold space and be the space for him, which is actually a skill in itself, but you were able to bring, lead him into a paradigm, which most would mistake as apathy. Like for instance, someone who's not even, you know, they're not even putting in any real, real effort. Um, mm -hmm. And that's also subjective, of course, that's arguable mm -hmm. before anyone you know, feels like they want to poke holes in that. But like, let's just put it this way. Like there's a lot of coping happening on the planet of the mass society. So someone like that would benefit a lot from learning skills from an individual like your client, but people at the higher paradigm, he, he had, I imagine it almost like for people listening on the podcast, like you have, when you're holding a, a sand in your hand mm -hmm. and you squeeze it, the sand falls out. But when you're holding sand and you just open your hand too much, it also falls out. Right. So it's that band, <laughs> it's that energetic consciousness bandwidth that you were able to just open up his hand just enough right. so that he could recognize a higher version 
of his ability of his capacity his capability he, which only someone at his level would truly be able to appreciate do you feel me on oh that? yeah 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 totally yeah You're like yeah he felt and experienced the impact very tangibly very immediately you know and and has a high value on that anybody who well not anybody but any true leader is really going to value their capacity and their power, regardless of where it's coming from, greater wisdom, greater skill, <laughs> cracking open, you know what I mean? Anybody who's truly dedicated towards a cause or mission or leading is more interested in the results than the mechanism, you know? Mm. Um, and it's just like, well, however, however we get there, <laughs> what matters is that you get there, not necessarily how, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so the thing that's um, curious to know more about is uh, what is this idea that you have around identity? Um, Because you had mentioned it kind of vaguely. (laughs) And I know that that's a huge part of also what we support our clients with is just recreating, reinventing their identity so it can serve their mission more powerfully. But again, it's like, isn't the highest paradigm that there is no real identity because all identities are are transitory they're always at one point i was a musician for example right i I identified as that and then i identified as a hypnotherapist and then i was as a as an executive coach and a life coach business coach etc but those were all not me because i'm just here right so (laughs) yeah like is that do you go that deep with your clients too like to kind of get them to understand that they don't need to create this identity it's not like that's their ultimate self but it's I, just something I, I I I do you know it depends on what the moment calls for but I definitely hold a perspective of I would say and this is really my work is kind of an intersection of self-realization and self-actualization or you could say awakening totally. which is like the path of awakening like who am I you know like it's the penetration into who am I who am I beyond this, my name and my history and my emotions and my thoughts? Who am I? Who am I? Right. That's, that's like the more pure pathway of awakening. And then there's self-actualization, which now comes into your mission and your purpose and the utilization of your skills and living your highest potential, you know, and actualizing and creating yourself. Right. And, and they actually blend, they actually work together very well. They're often mm. separated, like different schools of thought. And so when I think about identity, I'm able to work in the infinite perspective of truth, which is we, we're not an identity, right? But also work powerfully in the relative spectrum of time and evolution, which would be like the transformation of identity, you know, and the relative would be like, okay, I'm going to the next level of my business or vision, right? Who do I need to become? Because the same version of me, which would be the identity is, is not going to get me there. So, right. So that's, that's the, the relative path of transforming the identity. And the other pathway is, okay, well, you are not, none of us are an identity and the realization the awakening to that truth that we are not who we think we are, right? Actually empowers us to be able to create and discreate identities or put them on 
to use and serve a purpose, but not be bound by our identity because we, we think that's who we are, right? And so another way that I play with this is in essence. And this is also very helpful if, one, if someone's transitioning from one, uh, from one arena to another, right? It's like I, I was an actor at one point for a period of time, right? And then I stopped acting. And I started coaching and mentoring and teaching and training and doing all these things. But I realized that the essence, like my soul's essence of the actor, not the form, not the I'm in Hollywood doing this, that, and the other, that's the art form of acting. But I realized that my essence, which is now soul, which is closer to the, your true identity, right? There's yeah, soul yeah. and then, and then there's the infinite, the I am, right? But we'll just go yeah. on a soul level. I realized that that essence, my soul's swag is still with me. And when you realize that it doesn't, you don't lose essence, it just transforms or changes forms. Then you can, you can, you know, transition into mm. another arena mm. like I did without losing your essence because you realize, oh, it's the essence. It's not the form. And so like coach, I coach, right? It's not that I am a coach. I just am, right? And my intention to be of service is focusing my energy and attention. That's what's shaping the identity called coach. And so it does have its own unique domain, but that's not who I am. That's what I do. So there's the, the, the essence of that, the essence of the service, the essence of my soul's genius is closer to who I am than what I'm saying or doing or how I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And so just explaining like identity and how it works in the relative spectrum of, of, of your life as you continue to evolve or transition from one level of your life to another one level of your business to another, one level of leadership. Like this leader, for example, if I was evaluating his leadership capacity, which was not what we were doing in that session that we had, but if I was and then training him, it's it's very predictable, the edge of his leadership capacity, because I'm like, if he can't hold or even see shame, if he has an identity subconsciously that I should know what to do, and that makes me valuable, then that's a blind spot. Then guess what? Huge, huge blind spot. If he has people on his team that are grinding through when when, when something's trying to open in them and genius is trying to come through them and his team's cut off from from their genius, he he won't be able to, either he won't be able to see it, or even if he can see it, he won't have the power to do anything about it. And so mm-hmm. there's, the, there's the leadership limitation, but what I'm saying is that limitation is a manifestation of the identity structure of CEO, not the pure, when I say pure, I just mean like the, the, like the divine masculine, like the creator in us is, is more of like essence is like resourcefulness. Like that's the ability to connect to source, creativity, innovation, passion, inspiration. These are states, right? right. And, and, and they're at their highest when we put them into expression and form, they're at their highest when we're not obstructing them. So if we have a thing that says, hey, I should know what to do, <laughs> I should know what to do. And if yeah. I don't, if I don't, then I'm weak or 
whatever consciously or subconsciously you may be thinking, right? I'm weak or not as significant or not as valuable. If that's going on in your consciousness, then as a leader, if your team's getting stuck in the same place, it's kind of like you won't be able to do anything. Wow. So, so, so now it caps the average level of genius flowing through an entire company. If you look yes. at it top down in that sense, it's, it's not an automatic rule, but generally speaking, that's how stuff like this works. I had another client recently Jeez, crazy. who was a CEO <laughs> of a huge company and she was like, just being honest. And she was like, yeah, and she's like, I'm not, not trying to be judgmental, but like my, my team is performing at a, a kind of mediocre level right now. And I was like, well, where are you being mediocre? And where she didn't realize that she was being mediocre was actually in how she was managing and suppressing her own internal state because of who she should be as a CEO. And like, it looks like a strength and maybe you could show, oh, this is where it's helping me, right? But then yes. if you can't see, this is where it's stopping you. And this is where it's stopping you from taking your team beyond mediocrity. So I'm like, you're doing your own version of mediocrity and then getting triggered by them and observing like that they're stuck in mediocrity so anyway, it was it was another another kind of beautiful moment and tying it back to your original question, this is how powerful identity is. And so one of the deconstruction moments of her identity came when I was having her imagine a scene where someone was asking her for something important. And I said, well, what do you usually do in a situation like this when you don't know the answer? She's like, I'll go away and I'll reflect on it. I'll tell them I get back with you. She listed a list of common consistent ah, respo wow, responses. Wow, what a beautiful question. That's such a powerful question because I feel that a lot of people don't have, they don't have someone outside of them to simply just ask them like, what do you usually do when you right. find yourself, <laughs> right? Because then you can't, it's just like you can't fix something that's, you can't audit, that you can't measure or that you're not aware of. So I loved that you, you asked that question before you were saying like what you would suggest. It's like, right, exactly. Your What's your pattern of, of like fixing, you know, if that's even a real thing, it's like, what is fixing? So yeah, exactly. sorry, continue, go ahead. Yeah. So I asked her that and she, she shared the answer. And then I said, well, let's look at some alternative pathways, like things that might not even make sense to you. But I said, just for, just for creativity's sake like that's my what favorite are some, <laughs> I, I love that? it when it, i love that it's like it it may feel aligned but it makes absolutely no sense those are my right. favorite moments <laughs> and and so the example came up of her saying well i don't know but i i know we can figure it out we can figure it out or i don't know but i'll figure it out and when that example came up just as a possibility i could literally feel her identity go eh. like like you're saying say i don't know and i was like i was like Try it on. Like, why? What's so bad about saying I don't know? I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll we'll yeah, figure it out. What's so wrong about that? What's so wrong about that? And it was such a game changing moment that expanded her to be able to even see her identity that had an automatic conclusion unconsciously that that would be a bad thing to say, even though, even though it's actually the truth even though it's actually the truth. And I, and I, and I, it was great because I, I gave her another example in real time as we we're having our, our session. I said, you know, I said, right now, you and I are kind of like going back and forth and, and like brainstorming, heart storming. We're like chewing on a problem that you're having, right? Yes, I said, yes. do, you, do you feel 
like, I have all the answers. She says, no, she's like, I can tell sometimes when you don't know. I said, does it impact you negatively if I, if I don't know? And she's like, no. I said, so, well, there, now you have a positive example of not knowing. And I said, I said, not only do I not perceive that as negative, like, I don't know, I don't have the answer right now to what we're trying to work out with you. I said, not only are you not experiencing that as negative, you're experiencing as positive, I would even go further just to stretch your mind. What if it was actually a strength? And I said, right. my, in my experience and my belief, it's actually a strength. The very fact that I am willing to just be with not knowing something is what yeah. keeps my channel open and why like yes. genius yes, comes from there. So, so, so now we're, we're completely reframing a moment into a new possibility where she was consciously or unconsciously thinking, well, I can't tell my team this, that would be ineffective. That would be counterproductive mm -hmm. to the exact opposite pathway of just being willing to be like, you know what? I don't know. We'll figure it out. What I know, and, and this is what gets actually into more truth and more truth equals more power. I said, it's like with you and I, like if I, it's not that I'm thinking this, but my attitude is like, look, I'm here in service to you. Like it, it, if I don't know, we'll figure it out. I'm devoted. I'm dedicated. I'm here for you. I'm present. Like uh, yeah. the, 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 you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm offering. I'm not rooting in my identity in knowing, mm. but my ability to know is infinite. This is powerful. I mean, yes. I mean, there's literally so many ways to perceive a situation. And, and so this is also something that I've come to really understand this year, particularly was seeing that I could take myself out of a lens of perception, meaning like take myself out of even the concept of, okay, like what's the identity that's assessing the situation? Can I just take myself out of that and not instantly need to redirect it to another perspective? So I think what you're able to do is help her to really slow down yeah. and guide herself gently with grace. And this is such a high level concept. I think that this is applicable to people who are high achievers, who are powerful problem solvers and can think this at this high level, uh, which is mm -hmm. many of our listeners, but what a, what a beautiful way. Is there, is there like a tool that you help people to gauge is in terms of how, how do you help people yeah. to see their emotions? Cause from my understanding, emotions aren't the truth. They are the information from our guidance system of mm -hmm. like what type of attachments that we may or may not have within, within our heart. And so using that higher level of awareness to kind of audit what we feel to mm -hmm. help us guide ourselves back into a firm frame of belief. And then on the back end of that is like, what's the masculine bold action from that intuitive pull? Once mm -hmm. we've regulated self-regulated, what did you then recommend for her? Like, was it just kind of an instant resource? Like she, her unconscious kind of came up with the resource out of thin air <laughs> was it one of those magical moments or what where was there like a framework that you helped her to suggest? well the, yeah the the framework was was similar 
it was a little bit different than the first story, but the framework was similar. And I, I first of all, I helped reinforce the value, right? Because one of the things that, the has, us, uh, that, yes. that has us resist something or be motivated towards it is if we perceive it to be valuable, like it's going to help us totally. versus hinder us. And so she could see and feel and understand very clearly that that would be an asset. So now she has a value, which then increases the willingness to even inquire, inquire, yeah. in, inquire in terms, you can inquire about your perception and your story, like what you're saying about the situation. Well, I know this and I know that and this, this, right? Or you can inquire into the feeling, right? And this is where I was saying, become more present with the feeling. And even this is something that anybody listening right now can, can do proactively as an exploration, find what feelings are most difficult for you to feel and be honest, like to feel mm. meaning like permeate. Is it sadness? Is it anger? Is it apathy? Is it frustration? right? Mm -hmm. Like what feelings do you have the most difficulty and challenge just feeling? Not that you want to feel them, but which ones, right? And right. so, you know, for, for, for example, for a person who has a hard time feeling anger, they're more likely to get stuck in sadness or even become depressed because they're, they have a hard time permeating and feeling anger for whatever reason, they're afraid of it or they're judging it or they're taught that it was bad. So, and I'm just giving an idea of how you can approach this proactively if you see the value in it, right? Because to the degree that you try to control your emotional state, it has control over you. That's how things yes. like, if you try to control or repress something, and, and like I said, disclaimer, there's, there's situations where that could be beneficial momentarily, right? But the thing that you try to control actually controls you. That's why it might seem like it comes out of left field sometimes inconveniently where you're like, oh, all of a sudden you're like, bah, and you explode. And it's like, okay. And then you're like, this sucks that, you know, I it caused some harm, you know, some collateral damage, whatever. It doesn't feel good. And it's like, well, I don't want that to yes. happen. And it's like, well, well, then maybe you should go meet it befriend it right be honest uh befriend it. it huge huge change the relationship to it for me it yeah. was i was always afraid of expressing anger so it was almost like a, a hose that was had a kink in it and so yeah. i was thinking out an avoidance like well if i turn the water on it's gonna be all mucky but i didn't trust that was another level beyond that and i this is why i love you bro be one <laughs> of the reasons why I love you for you, but I love how you display the context, but the levels of possibility, which are infinite, of course, but yeah. like there was a deeper wall around my heart to tr fully trust that eventually that water will get clear. Right. If I was clear on a, a process to like essentially channel that emotion into totally. creation or something like that. Totally. Yeah. We man management is not a good long-term strategy and it's definitely not good for self-mastery or awakening or living our highest potential managing any any state right like managing meaning controlling um mm -hmm. and so you know there's a shift that happens or can happen where you go from avoiding and resisting certain states of being to actually befriending them 
and starting to really experience the value, not just feel good value, because this, this is where sometimes, you know, people like start getting into emotional intelligence and they, they, they realize, oh, if I'm more emotionally intelligent, I'll be a better leader. I'll be able to perform better in my business. But, but then might be like, well, I don't want to get lost in the sauce, right? And so then that, that's why sometimes people, especially who are super intellectual and, and super high performers and have a lot going on, it's almost like, well, I don't, because I don't know how to be with these feelings, it might be counterproductive if I start, you know, going into this well. There's some nuances there that are so there is. Import, Im, important, and I don't know if we'll get completely into it, yeah. but it, it's like, I feel like, and I want to be able to articulate this, but I feel like in my example, we use the example of the sand, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like part of what I have some mastery in is this balance of masculine and feminine and the ability to be with something like a feeling and hold it, right? And, and mm. be in the unconditional acceptance. This is more of the water, like feminine, like yes, you can I do no it. wrong, yes. you know what I mean? La like unconditional acceptance, unconditional mm. being with the feeling and just holding yourself in that. And, and this is the part where I'm doing my best to put this into words and recognize the clarity and the impulse of the masculine and the truth and the clarity and the direction and the fire that is arising out of that unconditional love, because that's just as important that you receive the impulse and act as it's coming through. So I've seen right. for myself, I've seen with other people and myself, you can get stuck or imbalanced on either side. If you're just like deep, if your default is power through, use your will, power through, power through, at the expense of or without actually having some release or some level of acceptance for a hot second, then you're you're out of balance and your power is not sustainable and you're not accessing all of it. The flip side of that is if you're being with the feeling, right? And then these sparks, these the fire of truth, the masculine's going, okay, now it's time to act. And you just then you're gonna be out of balance there as well. Right. And so I feel like one of the mm -hmm. things that I've I've mastered is that dance of like not getting lost in the sauce, but not controlling what you're feeling. And I I I, mm. I see this happen sometimes when people are starting to play with this more, especially high performers or like intellectual geniuses that I work with. And they'll say something like, Yeah, I get no, I get the I get the feeling thing. And I'm like, but you know, or I tried that, which is which is an indicator that there's still a condition meaning meaning i tried that and it didn't work which is still a subtle condition and it's when feeling is unconditional that it's the most healing transformative and powerful the same way it would be with your child if your child came home from school and was like you know billy wouldn't play with me or he called me he called me a nerd or something like that and it hurt my feelings you probably would be, not all parents, of course, but if you're conscious, you probably, your, your beingness with your child, first and foremost and primary would be like, I love you. It's okay. Yes. It, you, you wouldn't immediately go, go into problem solving, which is the masculine. Okay. Hey, when you see him, maybe you should say this. Maybe you should do this. That's the problem solving. That's the masculine. And you probably wouldn't lead with that. If your child was like, you know, I'm, I feel embarrassed, you know, I feel upset. You probably would hold your beingness, your energy would be like, hey, you know, what? it's okay. 
I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yes. And, and and then, and and I can't I can't give make this a perfect formula, but and then be like see receive the action coming out of that, which might be, hey, maybe you should say this, maybe do this, maybe let's let's try this out, you know, and you know your your relationship with this person or whatever. That's the action, mm-hmm. and I think that that's why some people are afraid to like get lost in emotion so they might still be controlling it you know what i mean and yeah so you you got to you got to find where the invitation is and notice where the imbalance is and one of the ways that you can ins- kind of explore this is just being radically honest about you know what, what feelings are the hardest for me to feel is it numbness and apathy like that might be like oh my god that's the last thing i want to feel you know yes yes and 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 then explore that consciously with presence with inquiry see what thoughts and beliefs that you have connected to it so that you can liberate yourself into being able to feel imagine this imagine being able to feel all emotions equally you might not like them equally but imagine if you could feel them equally with the same like that to me that's power that is like yes. and, and 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 that and that's <laughs> when you can feel all emotions equally then you're being love because love has no judgment on any emotion it's especially, not especially yes and especially the the pattern of of what i've observed happens with most people is the judgment of a trigger right right so the judgment of the trigger is preventing a person from truly becoming a clear channel and when we're right. a clear channel, we're in alignment with so much more intuition, so totally. much more opportunity and possibility and access. And so the one thing that I wanted to share with everybody, and I'd love to hear what you have to say, to say about this, but there's so many moments throughout our day when we mm-hmm. have this impulse. And how many times have, have you and I and many people, uh, especially leaders, heard this story or reason or excuse like, oh, I don't like to make impulsive decisions. And I, what I'm hearing from source and God right now is that there's always a truth, half truth, right? There's always a contradiction. Mm-hmm. There's always a counter argument. And so on one hand, like if, I, if I'm holding up my right hand, there's this impulse that's a positive thing could lead mm-hmm. you to a, a better situation. <laughs> better reality Mm -hmm. Uh, but then there's this other on the other hand there are people who judge impulsivity it's almost like it's a negative thing it's like oh i don't like Mm. to make impulsive decisions because i've been burnt or i've gotten pain from that that i can't give myself for and so Mm. i think it's really about navigating your way back into the eternal now in time and space like this access point that you have of really just having more faith to really open, keep your heart open and allow there to be a little bit of messiness, allow there to be a little bit of not needing to know, have all the evidence before you go take this leap. So what would you say to that around just impulse, impulsivity being a positive or negative thing? I think that's a huge thing that creates so much resistance in, in people. Yeah, I think that, you know, to, to approach the conversation like really intelligently or, or, or allow wisdom, we have to first see that 
we our level of awareness and consciousness is influencing our perception which is influencing like how we're viewing something and so when i've had people talk to me or like about impulsivity or even have a kind of like aversion to it exactly it's all yes. it's it's always it's always been a lack of awareness and and in perspective right and so here's the thing if there's a resistance to impulsivity what that often does is puts us into control and by control i mean the ego structure or the mind that is able to control or see and perceive like what you can can see right knowledge it's visible right and that has an obvious power in our decision making and creating and living life the thing about it is that if we have a resistance to impulsivity if we and and we we kind of lean over here on what we can control and see then that actually if you really look at it it's coming from it comes there's fear there the fear the fear that well what if i miss something well what if it doesn't work out well what if and that's reasonable the problem with it is that when we manage that fear by being more in control or resisting impulsivity for example then now our ego is captaining the ship and it's in a contracted state of consciousness which means we're in a contracted state of awareness which means that again we're cutting out to some degree the channel of genius and infinite intelligence that sees from a broader perspective and can see more than we can see and so just trying to break down scientifically why resisting impulsivity is actually a limitation you might not immediately experience it as a limitation or in the context you might not see that but if you understand the energetics of what i'm saying it's going to be pose some type of limitation because this infinite intelligence or intuition does have a broader perspective right mm -hmm. and when we can when we use our consciousness to control or put ourselves into a controlled state we are shrinking our consciousness yeah. right so we yeah. we have less access to what exists beyond what we already know and that yeah. to me is an obvious limitation because the unknown is where all information and knowledge even comes from in the first place it's where it is the field of innovation itself and so that's probably the most scientific explanation for like why now now you could argue that and i would love to argue that with someone but get a more nuanced argument of because it's going to reveal our belief structure you know of of why like if something comes to you maybe throw to me a counter argument or or like why you or someone else would be like impulsiveness is bad because what or not being impulsive is good because of what because there's two because then i find myself overcommitted and overwhelmed uh you hear this a lot especially in the wisdom economy it's like people I don't want to take on too much but then the reason is that oh i don't feel like i don't have enough time but i think that it's really about lack of an energetic bandwidth you don't have the bandwidth to make choices powerfully and say yes or no fast not like super slow but like yes and no fast and so i think it kind of overlays over the, this idea i forget what book this comes from but the difference between codependence independence which can become a self-deception yeah. that i found myself in into interdependence right where you're able to co-leverage a relationship to be able right. to solve a problem easier 
Yeah, I, I, this is, like I said, it's nuanced because we'd almost have to break down the definition of impulsiveness because I think that without, with a, with a limited awareness, we have a limited definition of impulsiveness. Like what is it that defines something as impulsive in the first place? And so what yeah. I, what I, what I know, it, it's like, like who's doing the doing, right? Like, where's it coming from? Is it coming from fear or is it coming from? Right. Like, it, it, cause love, it, cause right? if it's, cause if it's coming from fear or it's coming from love, it, it's different here. Maybe this is a good way for me to articulate this. It's like when people debate flow versus versus structure and they say, well, it's good to be in the flow up until a point where we're, and I would argue that by saying that that's just a level of flow, like flow in a, in a broader sense is the quintessential structure. It is existence itself. It is the harmonization and orchestration of life itself. Right. And so what people are really saying in that argument, it's still a human thing. It still has to do with the human mind. And so, for example, it, it's like if you're in flow, if you're in a flow state, your processing power is exponentially greater than if you're not in a flow state. So if someone were to argue and say, yeah, but I was, I was in the flow and the flow told me to do this and I, I just took the impulse and then it somehow had a, uh, you know, produced a negative effect, I would say that that's not the flow. It's that your human mind or the fear intercepted the impulse, right? Intercepted and, the impulse, got it. Right, because otherwise you're saying infinite intelligence or flow or intuition has less information than you do, when actually it has more information. So I think that when people are being impulsive or if the argument of like, well, I don't want to be impulsive, I think that there's a lack of awareness or consciousness present there. Otherwise, you would just be in the flow with what's going to be the most intelligent action. And the, the intelligence of flow or your intuition can process in way more information than, yes. than, than you can. And so that's and why conscious mind, right? Like then, then the con who we're calling the you, which is like 5% of like what's actually available. <laughs> right. So if it's, if it's not going to be in your best interest, actually from a divine perspective of intelligent design, if it's not going to be in your best interest to do something, then I don't feel like you would get the impulse to do it. You see what I'm saying? So I yes, there's all, it's almost either there's layers of there's the fear and then there's the impulse. Like I know this is, even if it's scary, it's, I feel like this is a good thing for me. Then there's like overcoming the fear after that do, of actually leaning in and doing the thing that, you know, just because it's unfamiliar, right. Or just because it scares you doesn't mean necessarily mean it's not good for you. Like facing a trauma or facing exactly right exactly that's why i said it's nuanced you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's it's relative it's like if you it's totally relative. if you framed it a certain way then you're already going to read the benefit or lack of benefit of following an impulse but you're reading it within the context of already having a fear or already have do you get what i'm saying so it's yeah that, yeah it's, it's that it's not a cut and dry conversation and my personal experience and how i would define impulse in, in a boy that's positive and not detrimental is actually just connection to source. It's uh -huh. awareness. It's connection to infinite intelligence. And to me, it's not, it's not like, Ooh, that was a bad idea to follow that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is so amazing we're, we're gonna have to have you on for a second round because <laughs> we just opened up so much yeah that was um, well, that was pandora's box right there that, yeah that's a good yeah one, though. yeah yeah intuition refining that and then and then marrying that with with decisiveness right like exactly go, go marrying for, go for it's it. it's the it's the marriage again of the masculine and feminine of yes the compassion and the truth of the intellect and intuition <laughs> rather than putting, yes. them, putting them at odds with each other and going, yeah, I get intuition, but, or yeah, I get intellect, but, and it's like that. And, and that's, that's probably the overarching message or one of my overarching messages is unity. Right. And in this example, it's the higher pathway is not intellect or intuition. It's intellect and intuition dancing together perfectly. And there's a simplicity that and that's that's something that we have to grow into. And as we're growing into it, we may be more prone to being like, okay, I have to balance this, or you know, intuition is good up until a point, and then I have to control. But there's a difference between intellect and control. Control is coming from fear. It's not actually pure intellect, right? Yeah. And I think that's a nuance that is important to ha to have an intelligent argument even about this 1000% and then there's elements of control that we t we can talk about for forever so but before we end this podcast thank you so much for your time thank you so much for pouring in just being all in on uh, your mission and on on my mission on our mission together as brothers and so this has been incredible to just let this space guide us and, and let whatever needed to come through, come through. And so I'm looking forward to having you on again uh, at some point in the future, but I want to know if there's just a one sentence real quick, we're going to ask you two things. The first thing is like one sentence, just around a lesson that you would want people to know from your journey over the past year. And mm. then number two is, is if there's any offerings that you have available, let mm -hmm. people know. Go ahead and everyone follow Oren Harris uh, at Oren Harris, O-R-E-N-H. What what's your Instagram handle? Uh, at Oren Harris, O-R-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S. So follow him there and check him My out. My website is what, Oren Harris yeah, as well. Offerings? OrenHarris.com. And yeah. so what, what, just real quick in the next couple of minutes, what are the things also uh, after you share the lesson that ways that people can connect with you if they want to go do yeah sure yeah i would say you know one of the most powerful lessons and this is an ongoing lesson it's something that i would say i'm excellent at but i'm always learning and expanding is that we are more powerful together and i would say that that's twofold when i say together i mean the depth in which we can be together like with all of us that there's more work there's more power uh with us together and more together with life and with God or the God within. Right. And that's, so there's, there's not, there's no lack, there's not a lack of resource. There's just maybe a lack of togetherness and distribution of resources. And so mm -hmm. now more than any time ever, it's really important that we deepen in intimacy, which is right. Like the, the fullness and sharing ourselves fully, um, one because it's it feels good to our heart and our soul because we're can we you know we desire connection but in terms of moving forward in our evolution and in this planet and in our businesses it's one of the things that unlocks more of our infinite resources is deeper togetherness and intimacy 
you know, and that starts with, that starts with self. So yes, for me, that's something that I've, or how my expansion has been coming this year is in, in collaboration um, and in, in deeper collaboration, right. And coming into the collaboration from a true place of yes, having, like you said, the masculine, a vision and intention, but truly having a listening and openness and connect deeper connection and heart and collaborating with each other from that place and seeing, like, I feel like we've just scratched the surface of what's possible. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much, everyone for listening. Thank you, Oren, again, brother, so much love to you so much appreciation for who you be and how you show up. <clears throat> and this has been another episode of frequency leaders podcast. If you enjoyed this episode with Oren, feel free to download this and share this with your friends, post it on social media, tag us um, at Theo Unique Voice and at Oren Harris. We'd love to hear your feedback and what you took from this episode, but let's continue to rise. Let's continue yes. to enjoy. Let's continue to go yeah, deeper man. and always, always be in the now. Trust the now. Amen. So, amen. One, one more, one more yeah, place that people can, um, yes powerfully create with me is I launched a free community called the limitless circle and it's where I'm channeling a lot of my energy and also building community so that's a really powerful and fun way to connect with me as well amazing limitless circle you heard it from the man himself the legend himself all right everybody have an amazing day sending so much love and blessings let's have this year 2023 be the best year yet and I mean that. yes Let's go.